Welcome to episode 36 of Hobnails, Hoops, and Hot Cheddar, a podcast by everyday fans for everyday fans. Christian Britt, Emery Kane, and Danny Rucker back here with you again after another couple of weeks off, but we are back with some great topics today. We're going to go right into some of our topics. The first one is some big news today out of college basketball coaching. Jay Wright has retired as the Villanova coach, and my first thought is, why didn't he say that next year was going to be his last year and do a farewell tour. I don't – I thought that was the what you're supposed to do. So, <laughs> the he Duke, didn't do, uh, he didn't do Coach that. Coach Casey only want to do that. Um, my first thought was, uh, since we're doing first thoughts, was uh, Coach K is now the second best coach to retire this year. So, that was my first <laughs> thought. Christian, Christian, what was your first thought? Uh, yeah, we, I mean, I, it seemed like big coach. there wasn't any really big coaching changes this year. Um you know, we had a big one with Roy Williams last year, and then no real notable guys this year um, that I can up think until of. Until today, yeah, yeah, up until yeah, and then you know, Jerry. No, I, I mean, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm super surprised by this. I, I think you guys texted about it. That was the first time I saw anything about it. I yeah. love Jay Wright, and yeah, I do too. What, what's how old is he? Sixty. Sixty. That's I did not crazy. realize he was sixty. Yeah. So I looked it up. That's great. I mean, he's, I mean, he's great. I think we were just talking about him towards the end of the tournament. Talking about got like teams that we consider like blue bloods, and we were like, I don't think anyone hesitated to pretty much consider Villanova like a current day like blue blood in college basketball, and that's pretty yeah. much all from you know from him over the last you know however many years he's been there now. The thing that kind of got to me was he was he's kind of primed to be the next premier basketball coach. Yep. Like for the next eight to ten years, I could have seen him being the standard, and I think he is still. But like he's still one of the those top guys, but I think he could have been like in a class on all his own. So I'm kind of really surprised. My first thought was, what? I even tweeted, what is going on here? I, I did not did not expect to see this. And they've already named his successor, Kyle Neptune, who was Fordham's coach, who was already a Villanova assistant. So it looks like they've had this in the works for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was super surprised, um, but. I also thought he was like early fifties. I did not realize that he was 60 years old. And I, I looked at his first year as an assistant coach was 1984. So, I mean, he's been at it. Wow. I mean, wow. I know as, as, as long as uh, I've been alive. So that's, I mean, that's a long time to be a coach. Um, you know, he's won, he's won two, he's won two times. He's been to four final fours. I mean, like Danny said, like I just thought they were primed to just be one of the top dogs um, for the next, you know, until he retired. And, and I don't know, do you, do you guys think that, I mean, I don't know who Kyle Neptune is. Do you guys think that uh, he takes, you know, Villanova takes a step back right here? What do you think? Do you think I don't really know him? anything about him, so I can't yeah. really make a I, judgment. Yeah. I would say if I were to bet, like, and you got to compare it, you compare it to Duke. Like, if I'm a Duke fan versus being a Villanova fan, yeah. I'm definitely neither. I'm way more worried as a Villanova fan than a Duke fan. And I, and I almost think it has nothing to do with either coach. When I think of that, it's just like, I feel like Villanova can't like, you know, we've talked about it. Duke's already got what nine five-star recruits over the next two years that are mm -hmm. essentially committed or something like, I mean, it's, it's something insane. It's like, uh, they've got 10 recruits, seven or five stars. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was. So, I mean, it feels like 
I mean, because that's that's the Duke name. You know, it's been a really, really long time. Like, feels like Duke can keep that, maintain that, and can maybe put up with some lower level coaching at least in, temporarily until maybe you know they they get their footing again if there's any slump at all. But yeah. like for Villanova, I feel like the minute that they start slumping, like, I mean, you, so, you have you have a bad season next year, then I mean, who, you know what I mean? Like that recruiting has got to take a huge dip. I'd I'd be yeah. pretty concerned. I mean. No, I mean, this guy could be great, and, and it sounds like he probably had a big part of helping name his successor, um, and similar to how we all kind of trust Coach K's judgment on that um, with Shire, I, I feel like I trust Jay Wright's, you know, what his, yeah. you know, what, what he thinks, but, man, I, I don't know. That's well, Like you said, long. for recruiting purposes, John, John Shire's a household name, though. That's true. That's true. Kyle, Kyle Neptune is not a household name. Like, not at all. I did not know who he was until I – Right. Unless you that's unless it. you know your planets, then you're already yeah. a step ahead yeah, yeah. in that one. But I mean, and as long as Jay Wright's been coaching, like he's he's kind of you know flown under the radar recruiting wise. Anyways, like he he yeah. hasn't he never gets any like five stars or, or anything like that. So, but you you would imagine a I mean I know he's a former assistant, but I don't think he's a former player. You would imagine um, just like Duke and and Carolina have gone the routes of former players who turned into coaches. Um, I mean, there's a couple guys on that bench that I know um, for Jay Wright are former players. You, you would have figured that one of those guys, um, especially for recruiting-wise, would have gotten that job. But, I mean, I, I guess um, I guess this guy knows what he's doing. Um, so, I, I don't know. We'll, I, well, time will tell, I guess. I, I did see something pretty inter- interesting um, that Villanova – has never fired a basketball coach. Never fired one. Wow. They've either, I guess, resigned or retired. They've never fired a girls or a men's or a women's basketball coach. Wow. So. Wow. Saw that. But here's I, I a little, think here's a little nugget too. <clears throat> Kyle Neptune has only coached one year. That was this past year. He had a mm-hmm. sixteen and sixteen record at Fordham. That's an interesting hire. Um, yeah, but on you know on the flip side of that, Shire doesn't have any head coaching experience, and they yeah. had him as a successor. So at least this guy does have a year under his belt. So this was his only year away from Villanova. Yeah. And I'd say that you know when they were making their run, well, they made their run here last year too. I just mean yeah. like here, the late you know twenty ten to twenty. I'd say he had a big part in that. Uh, and I think I agree with you. I, I don't think that he's he's hired without Jay Wright saying he's your guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, so it says, you know, even though we don't know the name Kyle Neptune, we might, we might know it here pretty soon. So I, I don't think they're yeah. going to take a step back. I, I'd have to see it to believe it, but Villanova's even, getting their, their blue blood status. If yeah. you look at their last 10 to 12 years. Yep. Yep, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you think of, when you think of a blue blood, like in today's game, since there's so much talent and it feels like it's a little more, I guess, I guess evenly spread out now. There's, there's just so much, I feel like there's just so much more talent in general across the nation than that, you know, instead of there being like, you know, 10 to 15 guys that are just absolute freak studs, you know, there's like 50 of them, you know, and it's, I'd say, the, I think the respect of the blue led today is like when you have a bad year, like say Carolina had a pretty arguably bad year in the season this year. And then they make it to the the national championship. I think you could argue Villanova had a somewhat under under undervalued year. I mean, we were talking about them. I think Rucker, you were talking about how later in the year 
where they were ranked, you thought was a little high. You thought, man, they, you know, how are they ranked ahead of this team? This team, they've, they've lost to this, this, you know, and then they, they make a run and there's no doubt. And they essentially overachieve from where they were, you know, where they were at. So probably I mean, an injury away from going to the national championship, I'd say yeah. too. If yeah. Yeah. They don't lose exactly. their guy. <clears throat> Let me ask you guys this. Three big time coaches have gotten out of the profession here in the last year. Roy, coach Gay. Now, Jay Wright, why do you think that is? Why do you think all of a sudden now, do you think COVID has impacted this? Do you think the NIL has impacted I think, this? What's, I, think, I, think, I think NIL, I think Transfer Portal, and I think um, especially not so much Jay Wright, um, but Kay and, and Roy were just old. I mean, yeah. those dudes, I mean, just so much. I mean, those guys are used to adapting and changing um, where they wouldn't have lasted as long as they did. Um, but like it's just so much change um, right at the end of their careers. I think it just kind of, they're probably, uh, probably took away a couple of years from them. Um, just dealing with COVID and NIL and, yeah. and then the transfer portal. Um, and I think those guys are like, man, I've accomplished, I mean, K won what five national championships. Roy's won three. Mm-hmm. So I think they were just like, you know what? we've we've accomplished pretty much all we can and and we're 70 years old you know let's let's let somebody younger do it um so that's i, th- I think it d- did play a factor but i think roy and, and k just being older um i think they're just tired and, and and ready to hang it up i agree i think this one's different than them like roy it seemed like he showed his age not necessarily in coaching but just like basically getting around like he just like he just looked yeah. it was it was taking a toll on him to do a i mean to coach i mean coach a division one college basketball program like that i mean that's a that's an insane job that takes a lot of effort and then coach k you know he's getting up there so this this one i mean jay wright seems like he's in i mean he, if you were taking he looks, all three three of those guys to run a marathon i'm pretty yeah. sure pretty sure jay wright uh comes in first by, by yeah by about 15 miles there. So I think the, I mean, the other two, the other two die, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, Wright, Jay, Jay Wright lives. Well, to be fair, yeah. we all would die too. So let's just yeah, be fair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jay, Jay Wright would lap us. I mean, lap yeah. us. It'd be insane. Jay Wright, I saw it this week too. It said Jay Wright and Leonard Hamilton are two dudes that don't look anywhere near what their age is. Like Leonard Hamilton mm-hmm. is like 72 or 73. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he looks like he's about 50. So those, yeah. those two, I mean, I, that's, that's why it surprised. I mean, I did not think Jay Wright was 60. So one, one thing that surprised yeah. me that I, when I think of Jay Wright outside of Villanova, like I feel like over the years, I've not heard many like rumors that he would leave Villanova for another college, yeah. but I've heard NBA rumors many times with him. Like I think I heard the Cavaliers probably multiple times because they've lost coaches probably multiple times in the last you know six yeah. or seven years, but I feel like I heard that like many times. Like I, I feel like he a lot of it was like, and now Brad Stevens is a lot younger, but it a lot of people were you know comparing him to Brad Stevens and their coaching styles and stuff, and saying that he would take the route of the NBA, and obviously it never if he were to leave, yeah, yeah, it never happened. But like I remember hearing that way more than I remember hearing mm-hmm. oh Jay Wright's leaving Villanova to go to Carolina or whatever did he uh release a statement already danny yeah he did did he did he mention like nba was out of the question or i don't think so yeah i think he said first i want to thank all my teammates and my fellow coaches (laughs) i've talked to this about i talked to my family about this decision we prayed long and hard villanova's more my heart always is 
but at this time he's going to enter the coaching portal and uh, <laughs> head to the house. <laughs> Much love, Wildcat Nation. Yeah, he's he's narrowed down his next destination to twelve <laughs> spots. Yeah, twelve and pieces that, probably. Twelve twelve <laughs> spots, and none of those places have an opening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of them was Roan State. We just we do know that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a coach who isn't retiring. One of the most electric coaches around, Tony Vitello, got ejected for from the game Friday night and suspended four games for his bump on the umpire. Now, of course, we've seen Twitter over the last few days, and um, we kind of know the situation here. This wasn't just an isolated incident that led to Patello coming out and bumping this official. And let's say, I'll say this too, you absolutely cannot bump an official. But you can bump an official if you know that the consequences and you know what the what it's going to do for your team. And I think he 100% knew what this was going to do for his team. Uh, this was Saturday night, actually. It wasn't Friday night. I'm sorry. It was Saturday night. So they had lost two games in a row. And I believe this same official was the home plate official Friday night and didn't do a great job and also had a hand in an injection in Omaha. So it kind of boiled over into this. This guy's trying to start something. I'm going to go ahead and come out here and fire my guys up a little bit. I may get suspended for a little while, but I'm going to fire my guys up. And I don't think there's a coach right now that's more beloved in Tennessee but hated outside of Tennessee than Tony Vitello. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, I was so I was I was there Friday night, um, so I got to see the uh, you know the boiling up to the event because the event happened after three outs and you know bottom half of the first inning on Saturday night. So it didn't you know he was gone before didn't take the, long. Yeah. yeah, he was gone before the sun starts setting. So it was it was not long at all. And uh, so I was there Friday night, and I mean, listen, balls and strikes are one of those things that I typically don't get too bent out of shape out of unless it's like bottom of the ninth, you know, final, final, you know, final batter, whatever kind of thing. Like it's just, it's, it's so, it's not objective, but it almost is when you're, when there's human error involved. Also probably, when you're, when you're sitting in the stands, it's pretty hard to see. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and now I was, which I, which I, I was, love sitting like in the uh, nosebleed, like in a break yeah. game and like, come on. Arguing. Yeah. <laughs> That's gotta be a strike. That's I can sit there from here. Yeah. <laughs> Now I, love I, I, that. I, love I will that. say I wasn't one of the one of the guys down the third base line, you know, a hundred yards from home plate off to the corner looking at it. I was I was actually had some pretty good seats. I was eleven rows directly behind home plate. Now, do I have as good of a view as the ump? No. But I'd pretty good pretty good view, yeah. Pretty good seats of yeah. you know, seeing balls and strikes, you know. Yeah. And it and it was getting pretty ridiculous. Now, I mean, was he calling some things both ways a little bit? Yeah, but you know, Tennessee pitching is, you know, a little more, uh, I guess, they do a little more, you know, a few more things with their pitching than, than uh, I would say Alabama does. There's a little more simple. A lot of it was just like, I think that someone showed the, the strike count for Alabama uh, versus Tennessee strike count. And it was, or sorry, fat, sorry, fastball count compared to Tennessee's fastball count. And like Alabama threw like 75% fastballs. Like they were just throwing a lot of like it wasn't even like they don't they weren't mixing it up a whole lot. So a lot of their calls are very simple, whereas Tennessee kind of mixes it up a little bit and flirts around that strike zone a little more. And 
I mean, it was it was pretty ridiculous. And I knew something was about to happen eventually. Like I I, I literally I was like, I don't think Patel is going to make it through the night. Like there's no I don't I didn't think he's going to make it Friday night through the end of the game. And of course, they lost that game. It was pretty pretty demoralizing coming off a two game losing streak after only having lost one game all year. And like you said, I think he definitely thought, okay, I'm going to have to do something to get this team going. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, did I think it was going to happen in the bottom of the first inning? No, but uh, yeah, he, he knew what he's doing. I think he, uh, I don't know that he fully, exp- I don't think he planned to bump the official necessarily, but I think he had full intentions on taking a, taking a, falling on a sword and getting ejected in that game. And probably in that moment. And I think the the bump was his actual reaction. Like, I don't think he planned that in the moment. Yeah. I think he got so overheated that he was like, like he, he just did it. That part I don't think was planned. I think the rest of it was planned. But I think well, he just... Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, too. I don't... He got ejected before the bump. And but, from what I could tell, right? He got ejected before the bump. He got tossed. The bump was after, yeah. And the official who ejected him wasn't even involved in the original argument Not came over and Vitello who never really got heated until he got tossed all exactly. of a sudden goes up to him and shoves that belly into him. So which yeah. was hilarious. And I thought the yeah. guy's reaction was hilarious too. Yeah. Uh, so this guy, the first, first he act, off, he acted the, like he got stabbed. The umpire yeah. thought he, he had a little chip on his shoulder, but actually that led to Tennessee getting fired up. Actually, won Tennessee two games. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know how he feels about that, but I mean, right now Tennessee's playing. I mean, they're thirty-four and three right now. That's uh, thirty-five and three now. Is that right? Is it thirty-four and three or thirty? It's thirty-four and three because they beat Beller Bellerman yeah. last night. So that's a. I mean, the top teams in the country year in and year out don't win thirty-four of their first thirty-seven games so they're i think it'll even out i think they'll lose a few conference games here and there and you know they may lose one in the tournament they'll probably if once they go to the ncaa tournament and that refers its first regional i think they'll have about seven or eight losses if they have less than that that's pretty stellar because that's yeah. i mean you know six losses going into that tournament 48 and six that's that's pretty impressive yeah <laughs> dang so, impressive yeah yeah you're you're talking about the late so they they were delayed off six to three Friday night. And you're talking about how it actually fired him up after he got ejected. They, mm-hmm. the last two games, they outscored Alabama 24 to six. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. Now I, I'm curious from your all's perspective, pretty much being mostly unbiased. What do you think four games is enough? Not enough too much. What? Well, uh, four games in a span of a 50 game season. If it's a major league, that's like 12, 12 major league games. Does a does a major league official get penalized twelve games for bumping an official? They get penalized four games. Yeah. So if any I contact mean, any contact with an official is four but games. At the a, same a, time, too, it's it's for a university. You're representing the university. You're representing a yeah. school. Um, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was excessive. But if you put it in perspective of like a major league umpire, it's no. probably more. But I didn't. I thought it was warranted. I think that Tennessee's going to be fine no matter what, but still it's, it kind of sends a message to, Hey, we're not going to do this no matter what you do think. Th- and, do you think it's a completely different situation from the Jawan Howard thing? Like it's completely, because what Jawan Howard get five games. He got five games and which is, which is 
percentage wise is more than I mean what he didn't open hand smack the official. I think if he does that, yeah. probably more yeah. games. Probably more games. Yeah. I think that's a more more egregious, definitely. Yeah. I mean and, and, like I don't think that in Michigan or in John Howard's situation, I think that the other guy made it look worse than it really was either. Like he just reacted. Whereas I think the umpire for this Fatella thing made know, it look worse. Yeah. Yeah, his reaction made it look ten times worse. And when really it was, you know, a slight bump. Now I do, I do think he should have been suspended, and I think he knew he was going to be suspended. But I, I would have, I think two, maybe three games. I think is probably the sweet spot for when I when I heard if if they base their decision off of the fact that the MLB, which is what I what I keep hearing, the MLB any contact with an official, you get four games. It sounds like they may have literally based their decision off of that to an extent. Otherwise, I don't know where you mm-hmm. kind of randomly come up with four games. You know, that's not like because it's. It's not the entire weekend for that weekend. Yeah. It's not the entire following weekend. It just seems very – it's very specific. Very weird, yeah. So, so if, uh, if, if that's yeah. why they came to their decision, decision, I disagree with it because, like you said, it's 162 games and a 56 games regular season. That's not even close to comparable. Did the uh, third base coach, did he get suspended too or is he – just for the game. Just for that game. Oh, oh, you're talking oh, the pitching coach? Yeah, the pitching Frank, coach. Frank, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's so that's actually just a default. So if you're an assistant coach and you get ejected, you're automatically suspended for the following game. One game. So who who coached on Saturday? Well, who coached on Sunday? Their, their hitting coach coached okay. has coached uh, their Sunday game. I think he's te- I think he technically was still the head coach in Tuesday night's game last night, like last night too. Because yeah. their pitching coach was who got ejected, also Frank Anderson. Yeah, so I don't think he fills in as the head coach if if Patillo's out. I think he's just you know he's just the pitching coach. He's such yeah. a specialized position. Yeah. Hmm. Well, speaking of baseball, guys, let's talk about Braves baseball. Of course, we're all Braves fans, and we talked about you know kind of our previews and hopes for the Braves. Now they're six and eight so far, yeah. uh, but but even then. A lot of baseball left to go. Acuna yeah. is going to be coming back, which I'm pretty excited about. I think that'll you know, boost their lineup. A, he just had a rehab start in Gwinnett. Mm-hmm. So, couple of things going forward with the Braves. One really good, one really bad. Matt Olson. I think he's leading the league in hits right now. He's batting over yeah. 400. Got 20 hits. Uh, I I don't want to say he's been a nice surprise because. We kind of expected him to hit pretty well, but mm-hmm. I think as of yesterday, he was 118 points better than Freddie. So take that for what you want. If he stays 118 yeah. points better than Freddie all year, we're going to be in good shape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but one <laughs> of the bad things is Dansby Swanson. We've seen yeah. this year and year and year and year out, and he never seems to figure it out with the bat. He'll have a couple of streaks. Yeah, yeah He had one you know, in the World Series. He was hitting well. But is is he going to last very long if he keeps hitting like he's he's leading the league in strikeouts? He's got a strikeout in every game this year, and I don't know how much longer his glove is going to keep him in lineups. Yeah, and I just saw he's um, I think this is a contract year, so yeah. um, he's a free agent at the end of this year. So I would I would assume if he does not, um, because as we've seen, I don't think Anthopolis plays around too much. So as we, if if he can find someone better in free agency, because I think we freed up quite a bit of money not signing Freddie. I mean, I know we signed Olsen, um, but I think if he can find someone better in free agency, he's going to do it. I don't, I, I don't want to see Dansby go because I, I like him. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. 
He's a great. He's probably top five defensive shortstop in the league. Um, but he's got to be able to hit the ball a little bit. Um, there's uh, there's two positions where you can have a better glove than bat and be effective, yeah. and that's shortstop and catcher. Yeah, and you can. That's those are defensive specialized positions. Yeah, but you can't hit 190, 200. No. He's he's got to hit about if he hits 250. That's and, and his, his glove yeah. is fine. That's fine. Like same yeah. with Darnold as the catcher. He yeah. does get well behind the plate. He hits 240, 250, mm-hmm. hits 23 bombs. Uh, yeah. He's going to keep his spot. Absolutely. But Swanson can't hit below about 230 mm-hmm. and keep his job, I don't think. I don't, I don't no. think so either. Um, they obviously just yeah. got – they just finished their, their series with the with the Dodgers mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, ended up only getting one out, of, one out of three there. I don't know if you guys – caught any of tonight's game um but freddie homer again so two home runs in three yeah. games i think he only had like what was it like he had no all home year. No, oh, was he's, only had, he's only had he has two on the year oh my god against the braves of course so um but usually um Typically, when the Braves go out west, they do not have a great road trip. Like it's just mm-hmm. something. Since I've been watching the Braves, like you can guarantee the Braves are going to lose pretty much every series that they go out west. So mm-hmm. I'm not too worried with the six and eight start because I know. I mean, I know Acuna's coming back. Um, Matt Olson's leading uh, the league in hits. We're actually leading, tied for the lead as a team in home runs. The only problem is 14. Uh, 16 home runs. 14 of the 16, I believe, have been solo home runs. That's yeah. that's the only problem with wow. that. Um, and then um, I think once we figure out our rotation, we okay. We just sent um, uh, Sean Newcomb, who blew, who had a terrible outing against the Dodgers, and uh, I think uh, Inoa. I think they sent both of those guys back down after that game. They one they one of the one guy started that game. Uh, and Noah started that game and Nukes pitched that game. Nukem pitched that game. And the very next day they sent him back down. So, um, I think, I think we've, we've still got time to figure out our rotation. Um, a couple of, of bad things I've seen is Ro- Rosario is hitting 081, mm-hmm. which is not good. And then Dickerson, um, who's an outfielder is hitting 0, uh, 045. So, yeah. And he's supposed to, he's been in the DH a lot. And I yeah. wonder at what time they're going to undesignate him as a hitter. Because <laughs> a designated hitter needs to hit. Yeah. To he's going to be the, uh, the uh, he's going to be the DB, the designated bench guy. Um, I also think, though, um, I don't think Ozuna should ever, Ozuna should be our DH. He should never play in the field. Well, he will when Akinia yeah. comes back. Yeah. He'll be the DH, but he can, I haven't, I've, since he's been on the Braves, I have never seen him throw a guy out <laughs> ever. He, I, I 100% believe I have a better arm coming out of left field than Ozuna does. Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, I see these major leaguers, like, I've seen Ozuna like two and three hop it from left field to like third and base. <laughs> I used to, when I used to coach baseball at Seymour, yeah. I could throw it from the wall, like in center field to the yeah. bow line on a line pretty well. And yeah. like, if I, if I can do it, why can't you do it as a major league outfielder? It's not that difficult. Even even a one hop like dog, yeah. like they're yeah. bouncing in, it's rolling in. The catcher's getting on the ground and like fielding it. Yeah, like how can you not throw the ball and you're in the major leagues? That, that blows my mind. 
They should all be like Jeff Rancor and just throwing lasers. <laughs> he threw lasers. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. He threw lasers. But Azuna should never we should he should never play in the field. Even before Acuna comes back. Play Dicker. If you're gonna bat Dickerson, play that dude in the field. Maybe he throws somebody out. Yeah. Never Azuna should not play in the field. No. Never. First base, maybe, where he doesn't have to throw it to anybody. Yeah. But that's it. He's not a first baseman, I know, but yeah. The only spot he should play is where he has to throw it as little as possible. All right. NBA playoffs have started up. Uh, make some predictions, guys. Who wins the East? Who wins the West? Go ahead, Emory. You want me to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics winning the East. I've uh, watched uh, I watched tonight. I watched them play tonight, and I watched a little bit of them play the other day. Um, I just think they got a lot of weapons. Obviously, if if Jason Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both did not play good tonight, and they ended up making a huge run in the fourth quarter, um, I think they've got a, a, a pretty deep bench as well. Um, so I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics to win um, the East. And then in the West, which is probably obviously the tougher of the two, I'm actually going to go with the Golden State Warriors to win to win the West out of the three seed. Um, Steph's coming off. The, I think Steph, what do you have, like 34 off the bench in 23 minutes the other 23 night? 23 minutes, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, once Steph is full strength, um, just Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole has played unbelievable the last month. So, with Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole, I think they're going to be really tough to beat. Um, I know the West, it, anything can happen. The Suns, the, the Grizzlies, um, the West is just so good, but I'm going to go with this. Go with the Warriors um, out of the West. It used to be the West was better than the East by far. Yeah, and all these young stars, which we're actually going to draft some uh, 25 and under man. NBA mm-hmm. players, but like the East has a lot of young stars. You look at you know, Giannis and NBA's not NBA's not too old, and then Tatum, yeah. and so the East is pretty. That's pretty. Uh, Darius Garland, Melo. I yeah. mean, there's there's some guys that are bringing some things along. Trey Young. So, and by the way, guys, uh, I didn't tell you this. Charlotte Hornets. That's now my NBA team because I went to their game. Yep. I'm going to just follow them for a while. I don't have an NBA team. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got a major league team. I've yeah, got a, yeah. I got the Titans in football. I've got my college yep. basketball. I don't have an NBA team. I just kind of I bet on NBA and I watch. I like a lot of the players, but. I'm a Hornets fan right now, so been the one Hornets been the one game. I'm they're young and talented. I'm gonna I'm on that bandwagon right now. So that's my team. They, ro- they roped you in. Yep, Christian. What about you? Some predictions. So I'll start with the West. I I thought I was gonna have a bold take on the Warriors uh, coming out, but you know Emory coming out with that same same thing. I, I, so I, I think the West is is two. It's two teams. I, I don't think any team has a chance genuinely or well realistically other than Phoenix and Golden State. You don't and think I think the Grizzlies do? I don't think they do. I, I, I even think – you think back to even the Warriors when they first made that first jump, how much more talented they were than this Grizzlies team. I feel like every team has to have a a jump year where they make it farther than they've made it, but then they can't finish through and actually go – I mean, to make it all – I mean, to go from nothing – like did, I mean, did they even make the playoffs last year? I don't think they did. While you're talking, I'll see if I can. Yeah, talk. how many how many teams unless they gained a gained a superstar, which they didn't gain any superstars. How many teams that don't just gain a super team or multiple stars go from no playoffs to finals? 
Like, I, do I think do I think they do really well and give some teams some struggle and probably make it to? Let's see, they they'll make it. I don't think so. They, they won't make it to the Western Conference Finals because they'll have to match up against Golden State. So I don't think they'll make it past them. But I think because of that, I think they're they're talented enough and good enough. But I just feel like it. History just doesn't. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Even even with Golden State being as good as they were, it even took them a couple years to actually get over the hump. So because of that, I don't think they. I don't think it's realistic that they'll do it. So I think it comes down to Phoenix and Golden State, and I think the deciding factor between two two of them. You know, you got Curry with some injury. You got Booker with an injury right now. Chris Paul's always injury prone in the playoffs. I think whoever's healthiest out of the two is who's going to make it. I think it just comes down to that. And if I were to predict right now, I would say Golden State. And then in the East, I think you could argue that four teams have a legitimate chance. I mean, I think any of the top four, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, I think realistically it comes down to Boston, Milwaukee. And um, I give the edge to Boston as well. I think that they're going to, I think that, I mean, I watched them tonight probably for just about every single minute they played. And I mean, to come back like they did against Kevin Durant and Kyrie and it's playing as well as they were and playing as together as they were. Like it was like every time the crowd would go nuts and they did a big, it was a big play. It was a different guy, like yeah. four straight, four straight plays. It was Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Grant Williams. I mean, Grant Williams played like he could have been six man of the year tonight. I mean, it was, he was mm-hmm. absolutely just Pritchard. dominating. Pritchard, Peyton Pritchard came yeah. in. Yeah. Played well. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's, they make it out as well. That's probably the best I've seen anybody defend Kevin Durant in a while too. Yeah. yeah he, played, was, he was struggling. He's, he was getting yeah. frustrated. I yep. mean, I mean, he gets, so the, the the Grizzlies did make the playoffs last year. They're the eight seed. Yeah. Okay. So, so they yeah because they beat the I think they beat the Warriors to get in the play in the playing game. I think I think that's what happened because the Warriors lost to LeBron in the first game, and then Warriors played Grizzlies for the knockout game, and and the Warriors lost to the Grizzlies, and they got in as eight seed. So they were one game away from not, not making it. the playoffs. So I don't think they can make the hump to first or second in the entire league this year from, yeah. from that. I think it'd be really, really tough to not basically make any changes to their roster, just basically have a year of improvement and a little better better health. I've still got the Suns as my pick. Now, I know Booker's going to be out the next two games. That could be interesting if the Pelicans win one of those next two or even both of them. Because mm-hmm. they Once Booker went out yesterday, they turned it on. So – you know, McCollum's scoring at will, Ingram scoring at will. That's two superstars that, that aren't yeah. really superstars yet that are just kind of fighting their own. That's going to be interesting if even the Suns can get out of this first round if they lose one or two of these next games. Uh, but once Booker gets back, I think that they'll they'll be fine. Uh, the Bucks or the 76ers is my pick for the East. Uh, do you like the Celtics? I think Tatum and Brown are there. They are also budding superstars, but I don't even think Miami's the one, and I don't even think yeah. they're going to come out of there. I think they're the fourth mm-hmm. best team out of the four, and they're the one seed. That's it. That's that's they're, the problem. They're probably, I think, go ahead. Uh, they're probably the best, in my opinion, they're the best defensive uh, team that's that's in the East. But I still think uh, at times they struggle to score. So I, I think they'll. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Butler had forty something the other night. And they they bar- barely won. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So um, I, they're my favorite to watch. To or well, not favorite to watch. They're probably my favorite to root for. Like I just love the way they play. You're right. They're kind of hard to watch when they struggle offensively. To to your point, but yeah, I mean, I I think it's crazy. I th- I kind of think the same thing. Like I said, those top four. But like if I were to rank them, I think Miami'd be my fourth there as far as chances to make it. I just 
you know, I think that bubble year, I think it was JJ Reddick was talking about it with uh, Bam Adebayo on his podcast. He said that the bubble was the perfect. There's not more, not a more perfect scenario for the Miami Heat in the way that their culture is set, because like they just don't like. There's just everything's internal. They, you know, they don't goof off. They don't like everything is all you know. That that culture is just so intense, and it's all the way down from from Pat Riley down to Spolstra. And so there, there was no distractions in the bubble, and that it was perfect for them. Um, and so, I, I mean, I think they're they're great. Their organization's awesome, but I, don't, I think you're right. I don't think they have a chance, you know, realistically when it comes down to it. All right, next segment, we're going to get back to tweet, retweet, or delete. I've only got three. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on these. It's mostly college basketball related as we've ended the college basketball season. The first one being Tennessee-based. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield was right to transfer from Tennessee. Tweet, retweet, or delete that. Go ahead, Christian. You're the Tennessee fan. Uh, He was right to transfer from Tennessee. I'm going to say... I'm going to say retweet. And I wouldn't have said that when I first heard about it. I would have said delete. I would have thought, I thought it was dumb at first. Um, but the more I think about it, I've watched a little bit of uh, some of his highlights and stuff, look back and look at some stuff. And I think that he, I think his ceiling is extremely high, but I think his realistically where he's at is, is a little underwhelming for what we expected, what most people expected. And so I think it could be it'd be very easy for him to basically get passed up at Tennessee. Like they've got some guys coming in, they got some guys that, you know, were like uh, I think can't remember his name, the the power forward that got hurt last year that'll be healthy next year. Like I think he's far and away the best power forward going into next year. Olivier. Um, yeah, Olivier, yeah. And then you got the two seven footers coming back too. I, I mean, he he may have been fighting for minutes just as bad as he was this year. I mean, they're they're returning so many guys. Like I don't know. I mean, he could have if Josiah Jordan James ends up leaving, which I know that's still kind of near. He may uh, he may he may have could have been in the three spot. But I think for now it may end up being be- the best thing for him. And I think that shows from I don't know if you all saw his list of where he potentially is going to go. But like, there's not really any powerhouses on it. I think Louisville was the best team that's on his potential transfer list. Yeah, so I think that speaks to where he's at as a player too. So you know, maybe it is the right thing. Maybe he can go shine somewhere else and be the standout guy, whereas he would have been overshadowed at Tennessee possibly. Uh, I'm going to retweet it as well, but I th- in my opinion, I thought he was the most athletic big that was on Tennessee's team, and um, I think if he can ever get it to click skill wise, he's going to be pretty dangerous. But definitely, um, I I mean. I think Rick Barnes is is probably the the best hire at Tennessee other than Vitello. Um the biggest named hire and since um Johnny Majors, but I just don't think he develops big guys very well. And and maybe um maybe Hunley Hatfield just kind of figured that out as well. Like, man, if I'm gonna develop and my skill is behind if I'm going to develop the way I need to, I probably need to go somewhere else. So I don't, I don't think that's, I'm not trying to knock Rick Barnes from Tennessee because I think um, uh, he does a great job, but I think maybe Holly Hatfield was like, man, I, I maybe should go somewhere else to try to develop. So that's right. my thoughts. <clears throat> Next one. 
NIL has killed the one-and-done era for most players. I say most players because look at a guy like Paolo Bancaro who declared today. He's mm. one-and-done from the start. Yep. But there's some other guys that if they weren't getting NIL money, they might go after the first year and they're not averaging anything. They're not, you know, they're not doing what they should be doing to get drafted. So do you think the yep. NIL is keeping people like that in school and it's killing this one and done era? Uh, I'll go first. Um, I'm going to delete that because I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's killing the one and done era. Um, because the guys that truly should be one and done, I think are still going to go like the Palo Bancaras, the, you know, probably the Kennedy Chandlers, like the guys that should go are going, are going to go anyway. Um, I think it's probably helping keep some guys that need to develop one more year or two more years in college where they should be. Um, so I think, I think in the long run, it's actually going to, that you know, for college basketball, at least is going to initially help college basketball because kids are going to stay longer. Um, just because they do have that. A lot of kids leave because they don't have any money and they, I've I've got to go to the NBA to make money for me for my family, um, whereas now um, some guys yeah I know Arm Armando Baycott could have probably went and got drafted second round or or late second round where now he's probably oh I'm I've got enough you know I can come back and get some nil money and improve again and hopefully be a first round draft pick next year you know so I think it's going to help college basketball in the long run. I actually agree. I'd, I'll delete that. I think, I think it helps, and I think it keeps the guys, like you said, the borderline guys that probably shouldn't go, keeps them. Um, but like you think about, like so, Bancaro is arguably, like I, I think you can compare Bryce Young and College Ball to Bancaro in basketball, meaning that Bryce Young was the most well-known, recognizable player on the most well-known, recognizable team, arguably in College Ball. And Bancaro was probably the most well-known, well, most recognizable player on the most well-known, recognizable basketball team in country, in college basketball. And I don't think that their numbers that they were making from NIL money were even comparable. I think they said Bryce Young was making a million dollars before he even took a snap this last year. Mm -hmm. I bet I bet Bancaro didn't even make five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I, mean, I don't do, know do what you, he made. Yeah, as I said, I don't even, if it doesn't get talked about. I mean, we hear about Tennessee's guy from high school on an $8 million deal and he's, he's a junior. I mean, yeah. so I, so I, 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 the reason that that's such a big discrepancy, it, I don't think it can keep the good, the great guys, the guys that need to go. Now, Kentucky had that guy to the national player of the year guy. Yeah. yeah. Now he, he was a surprise. Um, even though a lot of Kentucky fans thought he might come back. And I think it was because of his draft stock. Like apparently his draft stock wasn't, he's, he's pretty undersized. He's, he's, yeah. He's on. He's like six nine, six eight, six nine. Yeah, his so. his draft board. I looked at his draft board stuff like towards the end of the year when I heard that he was potentially going to be a national player of the year, and it wasn't as high as I thought. And yeah. then I I saw it again after they lost and had dropped like a, a couple spots, and he's dropped even more since then after winning national player of the year and all that. So I, I was kind of surprised by that. So I think his was Mark Mark Williams would be a ten times better pro than Oscar Sheway ever thinks about being. Probably so. So I don't, for the same reason you said, I, I don't think it'll kill one and done. I think those guys will still be one and dones. It'll just 
it'll filter out the guys that probably, I think it's, like you said, it's, it's best for college basketball. It'll filter out guys that shouldn't be leaving and ultimately help those guys, help the sport, because you're keeping those guys and just make it all around a little bit better. Last one, speaking of those guys, Oscar Shibway and Armando Baycott will be the top two front runners for NCAA Player of the Year next year. Now, keep in mind, Wendell Moore hasn't declared yet, so keep in mind that for Duke. And also, they've got four or five stars coming in next year, so keep that in mind also. Um, keeping all those things in mind, and if Wendell Moore <laughs> does come back, uh, I'm going to tweet that because I think Oscar Shibway and Armando Baycott – I mean, Armando Baycott had 30 double-doubles this year or something like that. Like, made it, tied the record for the most rebounds in an NCAA tournament. Um, so I, th- I think he's only going to, I mean, supposedly his work ethic is really good. So, I mean, he's only going to get better, try to improve his draft stock. So, um, and I, and for all accounts, Oscar Sheway is a hard worker too. So, um, I, I'm going to tweet that. I think those two are by far, I mean, you have the, one of them is the player of the year and he's returning. Um, so those two, um, I think by far are the favorites, um, entering the year. I will retweet it because I think Shibway will definitely be the – I mean, how can you not be the front runner after winning it? I think that Baycott may get a little bit of uh, undeserved shade as this, as things progress. Like, I could see him being put behind a couple of those Duke guys that haven't even played, you know, played at all yet and, like, just not getting the respect he deserves, kind of like pretty much what happened all year with him. Um, but I will tweet that neither one of them wins National Player of the Year next year. I don't think you I'm going to send this to my boy Armando. So <laughs> Get well, I tend to agree with Christian, not because of anything that, about those two, but it's always, it's always a it's guard. Not, it's always never somebody, somebody yeah. comes like out of the yeah. shadows yeah, and averages yeah. 21 points a game for yeah. like Kansas or something like that. Yeah. So even though right now on paper, I mean, you look at on paper right now, these two are probably the two best coming back, yep. but it's always going to be, Somebody coming in to make a push, or Baycott's numbers will be like fourteen and eleven, and which are good. I'm just, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like there'll be somebody that you know, two or three guys that you look back and like, where did this guy come from? Yeah, and there's always stuff like that. So interesting to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Um, Uh, Next, what do you, Rucker? What do you think about uh, Coach K's grandson transferring from Duke? uh, Well, I I I thought it was a brotherhood there, so. Well, his decision was announced Sorry. yesterday. Bancaro's was announced today. So Bancaro's, you could say, took a back seat to back seat. Tavarino's. <laughs> just to his. Backseat Bancaro, um, yep. I don't Armando care. Baycott, he's not, Armando, Armando Baycott tweeted him and tried to get him to come to Carolina. Yeah, I mean, he's. <laughs> that's awesome. He, he's, uh, he'll probably, he'd probably play at Elon. Yeah, you know, somebody like that. He's he yeah. he came there to play for his granddad, which I don't I don't blame him for that. No, play for St. Peter's. <laughs> he might. <laughs> so I don't. I'm not going to miss him at all. So, and don't say anything about the brotherhood. No. Guys leave all the time. Who does? Duke does. Duke had like four guys leave last year. I know it's not it's not a brotherhood. That's what I'm saying. Is there a brotherhood when they're there? Your brother, you you don't live with your brother. <laughs> you guys <laughs> left and went different places. <laughs> Nope. That's what I thought. We lived it. We lived together for 15 years. So yeah, and then he hit the transfer portal. You you did. You hit the transfer portal on his. I had the transfer on him. 
Yeah. On his what? <laughs> On his butt. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> All right. Now, last segment, we're going to do our draft. We've got top uh, players, top NBA players under 25. Yeah. And I think we're, if we're going by the last draft, which gosh, like a month ago, it was the Atlanta Braves infielders draft. I think Christian lost. I overwhelmingly won. Yeah, Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. The, Doesn't matter. Christian the, will be first. Uh, <laughs> Emory will be second. I'll be third. But Christian, you are on the clock. So 25 years of age or younger mm-hmm. in the NBA. Doesn't have to be – it's not a lineup. Just the four best guys. Yeah, four, four best four guys best you can guys. grab. Snag, right. yeah. I'm going to go – this may be a surprise. I'm going to go with Dan Ugla. Uh, former Atlanta Braves. Um, Locked in. Lock it in yeah, right yeah, now. Lock it in. Lock it in. Write it down, Rucker. Write it down. All right. I guess I'll go with not I actually think number one is a little bit arguable. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think I can ever I don't think I can go without picking this guy number one just based off his stat line and where he's at today. So I'm gonna go Luka Doncic, number one. Luca. Emory. I'm gonna go with uh, probably the most electric guy on this under 25, in my opinion. Probably your guys' opinion, too. I'm going to go with John Morant. I would agree with that. Yep. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. This good is my pick. pick. It's a good, good pick at three. Good and, pick. and I'm also going to go my next pick with Darius Garland. Oh. Wow. All right, Emory. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Trey Young right here. Trey Young. I almost, almost picked a different guy, but I think I'm gonna. I'm thinking I'm gonna go Trey. I'm, I'm gonna go with the all no defense team here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Christian. Back to back here. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Devin Booker, who is exactly 25 years old. Mm-hmm. This is under 25. This isn't the no, no. I said, I said I said 25 and under many times. No, no. it's an under yes. 25. Look, go, back under te- 25. go back to your text. Go back under to your text. 25. I even just said it two minutes ago. He said 25 and under. I oh. I made sure. Now listen, there's a lot of I've, hold on. How is Jason Tatum? Isn't he 25? He's 23. Oh, never mind. Okay. All right. I, 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 I definitely. I thought it was. I specified. I'm, I'm pretty I, sure it was under 25. I'm pretty sure Rutgers. I just looked just, at the message. 25 and under. What is I it? even I even repeated it just before we even started. I said I because I knew that this is this was going to be a questionable thing because I want to make sure. Under 25. Yep. And then my next pick. Oh my, my gosh. I'm going to go with Jalen Brown. Who I think is also 25. 25. Years old. What a jerk! <laughs> I, listen, I said it, it specifically. I'm going to go with LeBron James. He's number 23. <laughs> I thought we were talking about numbers. <laughs> Kevin Durant's my next pick, also. He's yeah. number seven. Emory, next pick. I'm going to pick uh, your boy from Charlotte, Mello. I was going to pick Mello. Trade you. Who are you trading? I don't know. Let me see my next two picks here. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trading for a lower pick. I'm going to trade for one of your top two guys. 
Uh, my next two picks, these are good ones. I really like these. Uh, the next Timberwolf superstar, Anthony Edwards. That's, that's a good one. I like him a lot. And yeah. the Pelicans superstar, also a Duke guy. I'm going with Brandon Ingram. All right, Emery, next pick. Back to me. I'm going to go with a... Uh... I'm going to go with a guy that's pretty under the radar, in my opinion, that people don't talk about a lot, but is having a pretty dang good year. He's averaging over 20. De'Aaron Fox. And Christian, last pick. Mm, Let's see here. I'm going to go with... See, now I feel bad because I think this guy's also 25. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he is. I don't care. Donovan Mitchell. The only one I'm really upset about is the Devin Booker one because I would have picked him. I think he's I, really good. I would have picked him pretty high. That's the only one I'm upset about. I'm not I, about. I actually don't. I, so I was a little surprised he didn't get taken where, where I got him. But I don't think he would have. So who I would have picked him? I would have picked him instead of Trey Young. Darius Garland. You said before Trey instead of Trey Young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was a little surprised. I was real surprised. Darius Gar- Darius Garland went before him, right? Yeah, we were picking. We were picking under twenty five, guys. Yep. <laughs> Still wouldn't have taken Darius I was. Garland. <laughs> Emory, did you use the Hoops Hype website? I don't remember what website I looked at, I but it was an under twenty-five. One, one that we didn't pick that we that we could have, but he was injured all year. Was Zion? He was on. I there. did not pick him. I was. I didn't pick him just because he's only played in like eighty uh, games. I uh, I'm I hate to admit this, but I tried not to. I didn't. I didn't pick any Duke guys, and which was really hard not to do. Which is pretty. Yeah. I mean, sickening for you. Yeah, pretty sickening. But I'll take a <laughs> I'll take a end of Coach K season and uh, his career. I'll take that. We didn't pick Jordan Poole. Yeah, he's he was up there. Scotty Barnes. I like Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Miles Bridges is a good, really good did some, one. Did someone get Shea Gilgis? Gilgis? Nope. Oh, no. Okay. He's a good one. All the reason I didn't pick him, he plays in such a bad team. Yeah. And he's not bad, but it's just no. it's hard to pick him if he plays in. Like, I think everybody except De'Aaron Fox is on a, is on a playoff team. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton. Did we say DeAndre Ayton? We didn't say him. DeAndre Evan, Mo- Evan Mobley, too. Yeah. yeah. Is, is, uh, is Mikael Bridges? I don't I think. Know. I don't know if he's 25. No, because I don't think so. Miles Bridges is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's good. Because my Charlotte yeah. Hornets. Yeah, Mikael Bridges played for four years at Villanova. So yeah, he's good. It, it, it might be close, but yeah, he's, he may be over 25. All right, let's Sounds recap good. our draft here. So Christian picks all 25 and up, guys. Luka Doncic, <laughs> Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, and Donovan Mitchell. Emory and I stuck to the under 25, guys. Luka, listen, my best pick was 23, Luka. So just just to yeah. clarify. Emory picked Ja Morant, Trey Young, LaMelo Ball, and De'Aaron Fox. And I picked Jason Tatum, Darius Garland, Anthony Edwards, and Brandon Ingram. And we're going to post that like we do all of our drafts 
on Twitter to let you guys vote for it. And that's going to bring episode 36 to a close. Guys, you have anything before we close our episode here today? I don't think so. I think we're just hopefully we can get back on a regular schedule a little bit. But we all do have jobs. That's very tough when this isn't our career. But I know a lot of people do listen to us and want us to make some more episodes than what we've been doing. So hopefully we can come up with some more. Also forgot to plug our sponsor, Heaven's Door Whiskey. Provided the uh, prizes for our bracket winners. So make sure you guys get some Heaven's Door Whiskey. It should be making its way toward East Tennessee. I know we can get some, but... um, our and more readily our, available. Our guy who gets us this whiskey and gets us some products says that it's coming this way to be on the lookout for. So Heaven's Door whiskey, try that if you get a chance. Christian or Emory, you guys have anything else? Nope, that's it. Nope. All right, that'll end episode thirty-six. We will post this Thursday morning, and we will see you next time. <laughs>